General Solo, is your strike team assembled? Uh, my team's ready. I don't have a command crew for the shuttle. That's going to be rough, pal. I didn't want to speak for you. That's one. General, count me in. I'm with you, too. What is it? Ask me again sometime. Luke. Hi, hon. Chewie. Exciting is hardly the word I would choose. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 372, Top 10 Characters, Part 2. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the C-3PO to my R2-D2, we have Carl LeClaire. You didn't say my name, sir, but I'm all right. Even though you, you did literally just say my name. That's okay. That's true. I, I did. But it's whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to talk top top five characters. Me too. Uh, Me too. We're, we're getting into the nitty gritty. It, uh, it's going to be so much fun. Tonight. It's so hard to do because there's so many good characters in Star Wars. I know. I know. Uh no wonder I must. No wonder I enjoy the you know that that torture scene in Empire so much because apparently I love torturing myself by making lists like this. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, 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 I suppose I understand that, but like, I don't know. Uh, oh, sure. This is this is fun. Yes, this is, this is fun. It's stressful when you're making the list, but once you're actually settled on what you're going to talk about, you're like, all right, this will be fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) so true. So before we get into our, our top five, finishing out this list of our favorite characters from star Wars, we, uh, it's March. And you know what we always do in March, Jason? Uh, no, Carl, what do we do in March? You really need to pay attention to our social media, buddy. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I've been kind of in a hole the last week, to be perfectly honest, but I did see this. So (laughs) So we are doing our annual This Is Madness tournament, where we who don't really care about college basketball, maybe you do too, that's fine. But uh, this is our annual tournament, character tournament of Star Wars fun. That we've done the last few marches. And again, they, they did this a while back on StarWars.com. They called it This Is Madness. And it was a character bracket matchup every day of the week um, that lasted all through the month of March. It was so much fun. And they discontinued it, I want to say, in 2014, maybe 2015. I don't remember. That. I, don't I know remember they did the it four year. years in a row, but I don't remember the years. Neither do I. But I remember we, we have done one every year since. <laughs> so and it's, yes. it's been a lot of fun. Different iterations have taken place. Uh, um, but always uh, – this is madness. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's so, it's so much fun. So um, I was at work on Sunday, um, which is a normal work day for me, helping uh, Emily, who's the president of the Star Wars Club at the college I work at, 
um, she was putting together uh, a trivia contest for the Star Wars Club. So she was asking me to help um, come up with the questions, which was a lot of fun to do. And then Ooh. she reminded me of the This is Madness tournament. And we sat down and made up a character list. And it was it was so much fun. Um, and again, luckily, I have the list from the last two years. So I try not to use too many names repeated years. There are a few characters that were on last year, but overall it's all new characters. I try not to use the names of characters who've won the last couple of years, just in hopes that they don't win again. Like that's why right. there's no Kenobi this year. There's no, um, uh, Darth Vader. Um, right. so try to try and to do some just fun, random characters. Um, the character I am most excited about, and it's a character that Emily came up with was the Mudhorn from Mandalorian. I like it. <laughs> I like the fact that the Mudhorn made it in there. It's so good. Uh, um, I mean, if you, you had to have a, a dark side representation from Mandalorian, I mean, I guess we did have Moth Gideon in there, but he's about ready to get just his his cape handed he's, to he's, him yeah, today. He's currently losing to Darth Maul um, as of yeah. this recording um, by a significant margin. So if you would like to participate in this tournament, unfortunately, this year we're only able to do it on twi- on our Twitter feed. Um, last year uh, we did it. As in the last few years, we did it on Facebook and Twitter. Um, when we first started it, we were doing Google Forms, um, and you know we posted the link to the Google Form. But honestly, it just it, it was taking so much time to do that every single day. So it was really great, though, that you have these poll options on Twitter and used to have them on Facebook. For whatever reason, Facebook got rid of polls. Um, so sadly, we can't do it on Facebook. So if you only follow us through social media on Facebook, I... I apologize wholeheartedly that we can't host it there this year. The only other option would be to just give you the matchups and then count the votes every morning. But again, just to mitigate time, I, it, it's quick and easy enough to just, you know, count the numbers quick when you have a poll like that. But when it's got to read every single comment, it's just going to take honestly just too much time. So sadly we are just hosting it on Twitter this year. Yeah. Um, and, and I live, you know, on the, the, you know, far side of the country. So when Carl is up and getting this posted, I'm still in bed. So, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so it doesn't, and, and I'm the one who normally tallies up all of our matchups and things like that. So, uh, it, it's just, it, it's not conducive to our schedules and things like that to keep it coming at a regular time and a regular schedule for you. Um, to to try and, and arrange it on Facebook like that, unfortunately. Um, as much as we would love to do that, Facebook is being a butt yes. and took out our polls. Yes. So, so our apologies, but um, you know, hopefully you can continue to play on Twitter. Um, if you are participating, we would love it if you would retweet it just so more people could get involved. Um, and please use the hashtag TWL This Is Madness um, just to try to get you know a little bit of more. Uh, get our name out there a bit more too. Um, I did notice there is another podcast. I think it's Cantina Cast who started their own the the Canon Cantina Canon Cantina. Yeah, they started their own version of this this year. It looks really great and like a lot of fun there too. So certainly, hey, double dip, play both play both games. Totally different characters, totally different setups. Um, have fun. I love yeah. these things. They're so much fun. Yeah, they, they've got like four huge brackets or something yes. like that. Like they're. Their character list is at least twice our size, but absolutely. And they've got um, some legends characters in there. So again, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely check theirs out as well. There's no reason you can't play both. It's, it's exactly going to be a lot of fun. Expand the love and have more fun. Exactly. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, while the tournament's going on this month, we're going to suspend matchups and, and polls just cause we've got this going every day. Um, so certainly 
participate in that. And then obviously when the tournament's over, we'll bring back the polls and the matchups. Indeed. Um, we'll let you know that uh, the first day's results are in. Um, Hera beat out Wedge Antilles. And uh, Watto beat out, was it Elon Sleeves Bagano? Yep, that's right. Yep. So the Death Sticks uh, did not make it past the first round. Death sticks don't work on me. Only money. <laughs> yes. Only votes. <laughs> so check out the bracket. Follow our Twitter every day for new matchups as we wind our way towards the conclusion of the Wampus Lair. This is madness in a few weeks. So I'm excited about this. I always love love doing this. And Yes, I am playing too. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, I can't because I don't have a Twitter. So, <laughs> except for ours, <laughs> right? Um, and you're not yeah. able to vote on your own poll, right? <laughs> you are not. You could on Facebook. So even I can't play there. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, please, please participate. Share the share the fun. Um, and uh, yeah, let's talk some characters. What do you say? Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Um, I will say, just as a quick aside before we get started, um, my number five today is probably going to be the only surprise on my list. Um, <laughs> I do think people might be a little bit surprised. However, my top four is so on brand for Jason <laughs> that it's almost painful. Um, <laughs> well, so so <laughs> mine are too, so I don't care. I love them. But well, we uh, do have a uh, yes, honorable we have, mention, we, right? We have one honorable mention left. So we, we shared an honorable mention at the top of the show last week, and we're going to do the same now. Um, I'm going to let you kick this one off. All right. Well, my first – well, my final honorable mention for our top ten characters list uh, is going to be one of the newest characters in the saga, um, and that is the Ugnot Quill. Oh. Uh, I love Quill. Uh, you know, I have spoken is one of the best lines, in my opinion, uh, since the force will be with you. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely love him. He's a, a fantastic character who ended up getting a lot more depth than I anticipated in the show. And uh, just a, a, an instant classic to Star Wars television, in my opinion is Quill. So I, I'm very happy that we got him. I'm very sad that we won't get any more of him, but he will always have a very, very, very special place in my heart. Um, anybody, anybody who listened to our coverage of the Mandalorian knows I love Quill. So, um, I, I had to show him a little love on my list this time around. I love it. Any favorite moments? What a- Oh, favorite in a moment. Um, I honestly probably the um, the scene where he is training the Mandalorian to ride the Blurg. Oh, it's great. It's so good. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, and of course, I have spoken is my favorite line. You know, there, there's no question about that. <laughs> so it's great. Um, yeah. It's so but good. yeah, it's nice. so good, and he's such a great character. So. Yeah. I love it. What about you? What's your uh, honorable mention today? Well, I misspoke last week when I said that this particular character was not on my list. Of course they're on my list. I mean, sadly, only an honorable mention, but he's still on there. One of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars all the same. And that's Embo. Um, There you go. You know, Embo is just cool. I love him. 
I, I always liked Bounty Hunters as a kid. I was a huge Boba Fett fan. As an adult fan, I don't really care about Boba Fett anymore. Um, like he's fine. He's cool looking. But I don't I don't have an investment in him. But I still just enjoy good bounty hunters. And Embo just really stood out to me. And that's why, you know, the first cat I ever got, my first pet that I've ever owned on my own, I named him Embo. And there was a reason for that because he's just cool. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so. he's, he's a really cool bounty hunter. Not going to lie. I, I do like his style and his look and the way he does things. So yeah. it's a good pick. Not yeah. my favorite bounty hunter, but real cool in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, you know, my favorite moment with him is one of the first things we get to see him do, which is in that first episode of Clone Wars, the uh, Bounty Hunters episode in season one, when he goes after the spy, season two, excuse me. Um, he goes after the spy from Hondo's camp and mm-hmm. the way he just does like these really cool martial arts uh, in my, my head canon until I hear otherwise, he's a master of Terrace Kasi. So there you go. Um, yeah. I just, I love Embo and the way that Dave Filoni does his voice with like this cool French accent is awesome. Yeah. French gibberish. It's yeah. It's wonderful. It's great. So yeah. Embo <laughs> is my, my first honorable mention. Um, but I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm jazzed up for your number five then this surprise pick. All right. Well, um, uh, this character uh, has managed to span a couple of different things beyond what the original thing he he got into uh, because he became such a fan favorite. Um, and this is going to be uh, our lovable space pirate Hondo Onaka. I freaking love Hondo. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a gallant space pirate uh, who really loves his job and really thinks very, very highly of himself. Um, and it's just he's such a a, a wonderfully a wonderfully um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but he, he's such a caricature of of a a pirate. Um, that the character himself kind of knows he is, but plays into it anyways. <laughs> it's, it, it, I don't know. He, it's so great. And, and Jim Cummings is just, it does a fantastic performance every time he goes out, um, as Hondo Onaka. So, I mean, he's, of course, he starts in the Clone Wars, then he went into, uh, Rebels. Now he's in, um, the, uh, Millennium Falcon ride at, galaxy's edge at disneyland and disney world you know he's he keeps going new places um and with dave filoni still in charge of a lot of things at star wars i can't imagine that he won't show up somewhere else again um my my favorite moment it's very hard for me to pick a favorite moment (laughs) or a favorite line of his because he's just so hilarious and quirky um but I will say peak Hondo Onaka is the season five episode in Clone Wars. Um, I, be- I believe it's Revival, which is when Maul and Savage try and uh, take over Hondo's gang in order to start their uh, their criminal army. And he has so many great moments in that um, that I, I just can't really pick one. Uh, but that is like absolute peak Hondo Onaka. Um, and I, I, you cannot tell me there's any Hondo better than the Hondo in that episode. Um, so <laughs> my favorite line also comes from that episode. Uh, and there's a lot of good lines in that episode. Uh, you know, f- but my favorite one is, Insolence! <laughs> we are pirates! 
we don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but he's got other great lines from that episode, like, my own men, I feel so betrayed. No, I am so proud. And the Soviet raid, you know, and then there's also when they shoot down Maul and Savage's ship, he's like, let us go see what riches have fallen from this guy for me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's so great. And I, I feel like he's always got like one eye looking at the fourth wall, um, just sort of winking at, at the audience the entire time. Like, I, yeah, I know. I know what you think, and it's great. So, <laughs> so I love I love the character. He's just so wacky and hilarious, and one of the biggest personalities in all of Star Wars. So, Hondo Anaka is my number five. Oh, for sure. I love that you got him on there. I'm not that surprised though. Um, I'm not surprised. Not I, I'm a little surprised how high he's on your list, but I'm not surprised he's on your list. Yeah, um, yeah. Fair enough. But like, I like it. Uh, so really quick, I forgot to mention this before we dived in in case for whatever reason you, um, you didn't hear last week's episode. So the, the little criteria we're using to break down each of these characters, just keeping it simple is, um, we're just talking briefly what they mean to us, what we like about them in general, um, a favorite quote or in a favorite moment or two favorite moments, if you don't have a favorite quote. Um, so just in case you're wondering how we're breaking these down and how we yeah, kind yeah. of organized our thoughts. But anyway, my, num- my number, and if you missed last week, last week's episode, we got our numbers 10 through six, uh, done last week. So, right. Um, so my number four and five are honestly tied. Um, it, 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 it was really hard to decide who goes where. Um, so then I just said, well, they're tied, but I'm just going to say one before the other. And one is like nostalgic reasons, like they need to be this high in my in my opinion. Um, and the other one is where they are. So that doesn't I didn't say anything with that sentence there. But uh, my nope. number my number five is Luke Skywalker. Um, nice. Luke is the true blue hero of this saga, right? Uh, it, it, in comic book terms, he's Superman, right? He's just the good boy. He's the good guy um, in a very simplistic way. Uh, the thing I love, though, about Luke um, uh, you know, I've, I've always been a big Han Solo guy and, you know, I know in like the old fandom, there were people always arguing who was better, Luke or Han. Um, and like as a kid, I always preferred Han, but I love Luke's story. I mean, Luke is the, the hero who's on a spiritual quest to grow into all that he dreams of becoming. Right. Um, that's really his character is he starts in this place of dreaming to become something more. And he goes on this wonderful quest to become all of that means. Um, but along the way realizes that our quest to kind of becoming what we dream for, it's tough work. Like it's hard. You got to face your inner demons. You got to go down into that cave. You've got to face the fears of where you come from and overcome all of that in order to get there. Right. So I, I love that story of who Luke Skywalker is in a nutshell. It's great. Um, my favorite quote from Luke again, it'll come no surprise to anyone who's listened to the show for a while is I am a Jedi like my father before me. Um, it's to me still one of the most definitive moments in all of star Wars. I think maybe one of well, definitely one of the most definitive moments in star Wars. And I think this is the most definitive moment for Luke Skywalker. Remember the original trilogy is his story. Um, just like the prequels were Anakin's and like the sequels are Rey's. Luke Skywalker owns the original trilogy. He is our primary character. Um, so in a statement like this, again, it's him, 
claiming his his full sense of self. Um, and by I love it that it's it's a two part statement, right? It's separated by a comma. <laughs> um, I am a Jedi. This is who I am, like my father before me. So he's kind of he's pointing to the past. He's mm-hmm. reclaiming the past and showing that he he is the fullness of everything his father fell short of in a way, right? He is, he's grown beyond the limitations of his past, which is obviously a huge theme in the sequel trilogy. Um, and you know, he's, he's <laughs> to use like uh, St. Paul's language. He's like his father, but without sin, although in Paul's language, he's like us, but without sin. <laughs> so Luke is, Luke is everything his father could have been. But he is all of that and more because he's his own person. But right. Um, so I love that quote because it's it's his statement of this is who I am. I've done the work to be a Jedi, just like my father before me. I am as you know. I've grown beyond what he was, and it's also what wakes up Anakin. Obviously, right? It's the it's the statement that brings Anakin back. In in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, but my favorite Luke Skywalker moment is him force projecting on crate. Um, from last Jedi, so good. Specifically, um, I mean, obviously, the, the spark as he walks out is awesome, and that music is phenomenal. Yes, but the part I particularly love the most is when Kylo recognizes that he's not really there, and you get the choir that comes in and starts singing, and then we go to crate and we see Luke levitating, and that zoomed-in shot that Ryan gives us of of Luke's face. I mean, Mark Hamill is like he's shaking and sweating like he's using every ounce of his energy to do this. And I love it. He is the spiritual master there. Um, Something I particularly love in uh, lots of mystical religious traditions is the reality that people have been able to bilocate. Um, They're so centered in their spiritual life that they're able to literally bilocate. Um, This has been talked about in Christian traditions. It's big in Hinduism. It's happened in Buddhism. Um, but it's these people who are so spiritually centered that they just unlock this un- unbelievable power. Um, so I love that that's something Ryan Johnson worked into Star Wars. Um, the depth of spirituality that Ryan Johnson brought in with Last Jedi is just perfection in my book. Um, so, yeah, that moment of him force projecting to create to, again, being the same hero he was at the end of Return of the Jedi, a.k.a. not using violence, um, being more than the Jedi of the past. And to me, this is way, and as much as I, as a fanboy wanted Luke Skywalker to show up and kick some butt, this is a <laughs> yes. way better choice. And, and I, I full, fully believe that Luke not fighting is him, him being the same Luke. He was in return of the Jedi, but more because he's doing I something agree. even more powerful. So I love that moment. So Luke is my number five. That's great. That's great. I'm so glad we get to talk about some of these characters because I love them so much, but Based on how I made my list, they didn't make it on it. So, like, like I said, Luke is not on my list. I love Luke so much. He is of the the main characters, like the the central characters. I should say he's probably my favorite. Um, but he didn't quite make my list, which is weird. Um, but like I said, these lists can change. Um, like I said last time, this list, these lists can change. So he could. He could be up there, but he wasn't at the time I made my list. So, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm glad we get to talk about him anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's and that's such a great moment. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's not what we wanted, but it's what we needed. And right, 
you know, it, it, it's really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's your number four? My number four. Um, and here's where the on branding for Jason starts <laughs> coming into play. Uh, number four is Count Dooku. Nice. Um, so, uh, I mean, he's an, en- he's an elegant gentleman villain. And I've always kind of liked, you know, that, that kind of a character who, you know, tries to give off this air of sophistication and, you know, uh, at least pretends to be, you know, kind and welcoming to our heroes while trying to stab them in the back kind of a deal. <laughs> um, he also has the best lightsaber hilt in all of Star Wars, bar none, full stop. You cannot change my mind. Um, and the the character is freaking portrayed by Christopher Lee. Uh, that's just huge for me. Um, I, I love all of those things, and putting them all together makes a fantastic character, in my opinion. I love Count Dooku. Um, the The favorite moment that I have um, is actually from the Clone Wars. Nice. Um, and this is when he fights off Ventress and two Night Sisters. Uh, in his palace while drugged (laughs) in his silk pajamas (laughs) it's freaking amazing and battlefront 2 has given us a skin for dooku in his silk pajamas which i fight in regularly or used to when i was playing it i've actually been thinking about getting back into playing it again you should i do want to co-op i do want to fun i play all the time now nice nice if i when i get back into it i'll let you know carl yes um but yeah, it is it is such a great moment because, you know, Ventress wa- sneaks in with her night sisters to try and assassinate him and they think that they've got this because they've they're sneaking in, they're disguised, they've got Jedi lightsabers and they've got this drug that's supposed to disorient disorient him and cloud his vision and he still just owns the three of them. Um and ends up flinging them out the window with force lightning. It's it's amazing. But it's such a great moment. My favorite line, however, comes straight out of Attack of the Clones um, because it's awesome. And it's during the duel with Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. Yoda holds you in such high esteem. Surely you can do better. <laughs> it's it, it's like Christopher Lee is just having the time of his life just goading you and McGregor in that moment, it feels like. And it's just amazing. I love it. <laughs> Um, it's so great. I, I, ugh, I just the the style and the look and the feel and the sound of this character is why I love him so much. Um, and I don't need any other reason than that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really is a classic villain, right? And the way that the the prequels draw on kind of these classical film tropes from the twenties mm-hmm. and the thirties. Of course, you use Christopher Lee, who was a star of those old timey movies, to be the villain. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and and I mean, he wears a, a great cape. He's a count. The man played Count Dracula for like over almost a decade or over a decade, I forget. So, uh, but yeah, no, that the, they are not only drawing on sort of classic villain, you know, ideas and styles, but also the actor's own personal career history uh, in the care in creating the character. Um, so it, as soon as you get Christopher Lee on, on, 
on the movie, you, you know, that changes how you're portraying this character a little bit, I would think. Um, but yeah, it's so great. And I was so happy to have a character like that in, in star Wars. Yeah. So I love that he's on your list. I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't right. Exactly. So, all right. Great. What's your number four? And this is the one you said was tied with your number five, correct? Exactly. It, it, any given day, but it's Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Nice. I love this guy. Love him so much. Um, and you know, I, obviously we've talked about him a, a good amount, uh, as you know, pretty recently being that we've done a few recap episodes about Mandalorian. Um, and I've made this point a few times, but I think one of the standout things that I love about Din Djarin is we're getting a new kind of, uh, positive masculine hero, right? Um, yeah, we're living in an age where sadly we're having to recover from a lot of toxic masculinity that was in uh, media for so long. Um, but it's important that we get positive takes on what it means to be a masculine character um, in the same way that it's important that we get great feminine, you know, female and feminine characters. Um, and I, th- I really enjoy that Dinda Jaren is a new kind of masculine hero because he is strong. He is determined, but he's also compassionate, able to be honest, able to share his truth. Um, you know, and this isn't my favorite moment, but just to illustrate what I mean here is I've always loved that that moment when he sits down um, after the fight with the Mudhorn and he's about to get his new armor made. And the armorer says, you know, oh, the Mudhorn shall be your signet. And in front of these people, he literally, literally a guy who just attacked him in front of these other Mandalorian dudes, he says, I had help, right? He has no shame in saying that. And I think that's so important that, right, we, for too long, we've had this sense that masculinity is tough. You just, you only say what you're good at and what you're strong about. But no, it also means be vulnerable and and share your shortcomings. And I love that moment where he does that. Um, The other thing I love about the Mando is he's someone who adheres to a creed. Um, and he has this tremendous discipline for that creed. Uh, he's very monk-like. I love monks. Whenever I go on extended retreats, I go to monasteries because I love monks. <laughs> um, and <laughs> in a lot of ways, I see the Mandalorian as kind of calling a callback to the early, early concepts of what George wanted the Jedi to be, which is these monk warriors, right? Um, Chirrut is one of them, obviously, as well, mm-hmm. um, in a very uh, literal way. But I even feel like there's some of that with Din Djarin is he is this very disciplined character who's faithful to a creed, who's also a great, uh, great warrior. Um, And, you know, lastly, he just whenever I watch that show, whenever I watch that character, he makes me think I can do anything. He reminds me a lot of the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight trilogy, and he makes me feel that uh, I can be like him. I can be strong and compassionate and that my strength comes from my compassion. Um, so that's what I love about this guy. Uh, so pretty much the rest of the characters are all characters. I find strong ways of identification with, which is why they're so high on my list. Um, my favorite quote from the Mandalorian is this is the way, um, Mm. you know, obviously it's not his that he wrote. It's, it's, it's the creed that they speak, but, um, that's what I love about it. It, it, You know, this is the creed he lives by. He has a deeper purpose in life. He's faithful to something, Outside of bounty hunting, outside of the guild, there's something deeper in his life. I love that. Um, and the way that even uh, – I don't remember her name, the Twilight character from Chapter 6. Um, oh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's 
people are yelling at us right now, but we can't hear yeah. you. Um, but anyway, when she like mocks it though, she's like, this is the way, right? Cause they're like, Oh, have you ever seen him with his helmet off? And you know, this is the way, the way she mocks it. But like, he doesn't care. This is what he lives for. He doesn't give a crap what people think, you know, this is his mantra. That's who he is. And I love that about him. Um, but my favorite moment with the Mandalorian is the fight with the Mudhorn. I love that moment so much um, because it's really his story in a nutshell. Sheen, sorry. Sheen. Okay, thank you for looking it up. So uh, I don't particularly like any of the characters from that episode except for the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> they all kind of are really just not my favorites, um, which I think isn't kind of intentional. Um, but. Anyway, uh, yeah, I love the fight with the Mudhorn. That's my favorite moment of his so far. Um, it, it's tough because there's so many good ones. It was really hard to narrow it down. But um, I like this one so much because it's it really is the the boy in the jungle, right? The the character having to go out into this initiation, right? And he has to survive this. And um, the entire time, he makes sure to defend that child. We also get to see what kind of person he is, right? I mean, yes, it makes sense. He's defending the child because he wants to receive the reward, but there's something more to it for him. And the way he throws himself into that fight and just gives with everything he's got, you know, uh, the grunt as he's thrown around. And then finally, the way he just pulls out that vibro blade and he's just kneeling there, surrendered to whatever this means for him, right? Um, whatever happens, happens, but. I'm standing in defense of this child. Um, I just love it. It's this is the kind of hero he is. And I love it so much. He's not perfect. I love that. Like, I love that he doesn't just come in and like beat the crap out of the mud horn. It's quite the opposite. He gets his ass right. handed to him. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and I love that. Cause again, it also, you know, uh, it really hits on the, the tropes of the Rocky character from the Rocky franchise, which again, I think influenced this character a lot as well. Um, you know, that, that famous quote from Rocky, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Um, that's the Mandalorian. I love it. Um, just a great character. He, you know, he, he, I love him. <laughs> he's my number four. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic character too, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to give us in season two. So, yeah. Um, so we move on to number three. Number three. All right. Well, my number three is uh, musical Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I love me some Jar Jar. Uh, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that Jar Jar is one of my absolute favorite characters. And I've told the story many times of how um, I really identified with him as the movie came out. So, uh, I mean, he's a he's a bumbling, pure-hearted character that's always trying to help his friends. Just about everything he does is motivated by a desire to help people around him, his friends, um, you know, and and other people that he cares about. And and it's one of those things where um, because he is a clumsy person, he's a bit ostracized, even though he has the most pure hearted intentions out of anyone else in the saga, um, you know, bar none. Uh, there's, there's really no question about that in my opinion. Um, and I, I sort of took this a little bit different, um, because of my, my very deep and very personal connection with this character. My favorite moment, uh, I've got, I, I didn't 
choose a favorite quote because I could quote everything he says. Uh, and I, I, I just have a hard time picking. Uh, so I picked pick two favorite moments. Um, one of my favorite moments is actually from Attack of the Clones when he has the reunion with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> yes. Both the, the moment when they come out of the elevator and he just runs up and you know shakes Obi-Wan's hand like a mad, crazy person. Um, and the grin on his face as he introduces them to Padme and then the little conversation afterwards when he's trying to retain his professional station but is still very, very excited to see the two of them. Um, you know, I... It just shows that, you know, even after all these years, he really cares and loves about the, these people and they're his friends. And probably probably considers them closer to family than friends at this point, though. Um, so I really love that moment. I think it's a great moment. Um, and all his silly antics and Phantom Menace cracked me up and I love them. But my other favorite moment I picked was actually when I got to meet Ahmed Best at Celebration Chicago last year. So um, I don't know. That's technically not what we're talking about. But like it was a huge moment for Jason. And so Jason is going to put it on his list because it is one of the biggest things that has ever happened to him as far as Star Wars is concerned. Uh, and now Jason will stop talking in the third person. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it it really was one of the most amazing things, um, and I, just being able to convey my my thanks and appreciation to what the character did for me at a young age, um, to the man who brought that character to life was just a very very important and cathartic thing for me, and I I have not forgotten any moment of those interactions I had with Ahmed Best so. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's all you need to say. Um, exactly. I don't. I, there, there really isn't anything else to say. Um, it's just it was just a very very deeply important thing for me. So yeah, I, I think it, from the sounds of things, I mean, this was the first character that you strongly identified in Star Wars with. You know, I mean, when you got into mm-hmm. Star Wars, the prequels were right around the corner. You liked the stories. They were fun. But then, boom, you see this character on screen who's just kind of a goofball and a bit of a klutz, and, um, but also silly and kind and warm-hearted. And it's like, wow, that's me. I, I love it, this guy. Yeah, it, it really was. And Carl can attest I am still silly, goofy, and a klutz. Um, so I, I trip over a sidewalk when there's nothing on it. So I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> <laughs> We were in the we go to the Presidio to go to the Lucasfilm headquarters for the first time. We're literally standing on a sidewalk, and Jason like falls over, tripped over nothing, <laughs> just standing there. I'm like, "All right, you really are Jar Jar." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That was that was it. Oh. Like I told you. <laughs> so we still going underwater. Yeah. Okay, day. I was like, "No, yeah. we're not, Jason. We're not allowed in the fountains." <laughs> oh. Oops. Jason was convinced if we dive we dive into the Yoda fountain that we'll end up in Autogunga. But I was like, no, buddy, I wish, but I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> oh. oh. Darn. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What's Love your it. number three, sir? So my number three is Ray. Uh I absolutely love this character so much. But that's not enough. I've got to say more. I know. Um, the thing about Ray, uh, and, and I'll be honest, I've liked Ray since Force Awakens, but I fell in love with Ray in Rise of Skywalker. 
Um, and it's mainly because this is the kind of hero I aspire to be. Um, I'm not Ray, <laughs> not yet. Uh, but it's it's a character that I really look up to and like I already just said, aspire to be. Uh, in what I like about Ray's journey so much is that she is someone who comes from somewhat of a tragedy, right? Uh, which is true of a lot of Star Wars characters. Um, and she has to learn to survive on her own. Um, and, you know, even with Force Awakens, when we get that kind of story trope of, uh, again, like up through, up until episode nine, we we don't know where she comes from. And then episode eight kind of makes us think that, geez, she really did just get sold off by her parents. Like, oh man, this poor, poor young girl. Um, but I identify with that, you know, I mean, uh, I remember when I was, you know, in high school and my parents had a really bad divorce and it was really, really hard navigating and I had to navigate so much of it on my own. Um, and I, you know, I feel like a strong connection to Ray in that, in the sense of she had to navigate growing up very much on her own, learning to survive in a lot of ways without, you know, those, those parent units, without those, without a family structure to help her and her development. She figured all that out on her own. And, and I really like that, but it also is what gives birth to her deepest desire, which is for a family. Um, and you know, to me, ultimately her character arc is one where she has to learn to let go of what was behind her and truly live into what lies ahead. Um, being unafraid of being her whole self and choosing her own identity and family. Right. So that's very much Ray's journey is, is you have to, you have to let go of the things from the past because that's not what you need, right? It's that famous quote from Maz Kanata. Um, you know, the, your, the belonging you seek is not behind you, but ahead. And, and Ray really gives herself to, to that reality by learning to let go of her past and then accepting what lies ahead for her. Um, and that's a little bit scary, especially by nine when she learns the full truth of, you know, where she comes from. But she faces that down, faces that down, and chooses to become something so much more. Um, she gets to claim who her family is and what her identity is, and I love that so much about her. Um, my favorite quote from Ray is "Be with me." Um, as a person who loves mantras and prayers, I mean it. It's it really is. It's a mantra. It's a prayer that she's using when we first see her in Episode Nine, um, and I think it's so deeply powerful to me because. She needs to know that this is exactly who she is and she's where she belongs, right? She's seeking that confirmation ultimately from the force while she's seeking to connect to the Jedi that have gone before. She's also seeking that confirmation in the force that she's doing the right thing. Um, and I love that, you know, just needing to know that you're on the right path, especially when that path is hard, <laughs> you know, needing that divine confirmation is, is how I interpret Ray in, in those moments of saying, be with me. Um, she needs that, that spiritual confirmation. That's something a little bit deeper. Um, so I love that quote from her. Um, and then my favorite moment also comes from episode nine and it's the moment when she rises up, uh, you know, she stands up enfolded by the force and the Jedi who have come before and she faces down the devil. Um, I love that moment so much. And as she's slowly getting to her feet and the, the voices of the Jedi are becoming more and more intense and, and uh, having her back, that statement of her theme might be my new favorite statement of the theme in the sequel trilogy, uh, the way it's played there and the way she stands there, her face all bruised and bloodied. 
you know, this is a character who's literally gone through hell, is standing in front of the devil, but is very confident in who she is and what she's capable of and knows that she's right where she's supposed to be. I love that moment so much. Yeah, that's a great moment. Great scene and a, a great character. So I'm I'm not surprised she's on your list. So after after the stuff that's come out of you know of episode nine, so I, I'm not surprised. So yeah, well I can't very wait, good pick. I can't wait to cosplay as her at celebration too. So so it'll excited. be great. So excited for and, for that. And you're doing the Rise of Skywalker version, oh, correct? Oh yeah, of course. Love it with the hood, with the hood and everything. Yes. I can so. wear the hood the whole time to cover my thin hair. I'm gonna be so it's gonna be great. Um, and yeah, shout out, shout out to our friend uh, Jim Urso for for uh, kind of inspiring me to want to do that by, and you know, becoming Jim Urso and becoming the character that he so strongly identifies with. I was like, man, that's me with Ray. I got to do this. And Jim's been a great, great mentor and, and coach as I've, I've ventured for the first time into the cosplay world. There you go. Awesome. So you're number two. Where are we at? Number two. Well, um, you talked about Ray. I'm going to talk about the devil. Um, <laughs> this is talk about this is for Palpatine. <laughs> this is Palpatine, ladies and gentlemen. This, uh, like I said, the top four on my list are completely on brand. I mean, top five is pretty on brand in general, but top four very specifically on brand for Jason. Um, I mean, Palpatine, he's the evil mastermind. He is, in my opinion, the best cinematic villain ever. Um, I, I don't care. I, I, you know, people will probably, you know, question that or whatever. I don't care. He's, I, I judge all film villains by Palpatine fairly or unfairly. I think he's great. Um, the fact that he basically brought down the entire Republic and the Jedi order from his armchair, um, <laughs> is, you know, pretty impressive. Um, but, uh, and he's just so evil. Like there is no gray with him. There is no idea of the fact that, oh, maybe this is a character who thinks he's doing the right thing. No, no. Palpatine is evil and he knows what he's doing is for power position and selfish reasons reasons and he doesn't care he's just he is evil um and he's not someone that you're supposed to sympathize with um or anything like that he is the devil he is the enemy he is the evil incarnate he is the boogeyman there is you know no ifs ands or buts about it um and he, he embraces that uh, to a degree that is, you know, pretty unheard of in most modern villains as we are, you know, given sympathetic insights into them or they are, you know, believe that they're doing this for the right reason or anything like that. But this is black and white evil um, executed masterfully by Ian McDermott. There's it, – it's it's something that we just don't normally get anymore in film and you know cinematic villains um and i really like it um i like having that stark distinction and having a character play into that so brilliantly like the way uh, palpatine does is, is really terrific uh i did not pick a favorite quote from palpatine because there are t- too many for me to go through to try and pick one. Uh, because I can quote 
just about anything he says. Um, I'm still learning the stuff from Rise of Skywalker, so don't quiz me on that yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to wait till it comes out, uh, you know, on home video to 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 really get into all that. But um, I did pick two of my favorite moments uh, with with Palpatine. One is just the the shot from the the duel with Yoda where they are rising up into the Senate. Mm. Um, it is still one of the most poignant and artistic shots in that movie, in my opinion, um, as you know, you've got good and evil battling for the soul of the Republic, essentially, um, and democracy will then begin to crumble around them as he literally throws the Senate at Yoda. Um, <laughs> but you know, just that moment in particular, as the the podium is rising into the Senate, and it just keeps panning farther and farther out, is just uh, it's really good. Um, and then the first scene that he has on the Death Star with Luke um, in Return of the Jedi, where he you know just waves his finger and takes the bonds off, and you know. I am looking forward to completing your training in time. You will call me master. And that whole taunting sequence um, in that first scene with Luke on the, the Death Star over Endor is just masterful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that scene so much. So I, you get the two, those two kind of extremes of Palpatine there. And, and I love both of it. So it's, ah, uh, I, I just think he is one of the most iconic movie villains of all time. I know Vader will always be the most iconic villain from Star Wars, um, but we all know who, who's who got their arm up his back and is puppeteering Vader um, and his Palpatine. So. Right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, for my number two, I'm going to just swing to the opposite side of the force, and I got Yoda. Um, yes, yes. Yes. I'm so happy. Your little green <laughs> friend. Um, I got you covered. My little green friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always loved Yoda. He's always been a favorite character of mine, um, and it's because he is the wise teacher and spiritual master, you know, as a person who loves – engaging my own personal spiritual life it's characters like yoda where it's like yep i'm gonna look to you for for mentorship that's exactly what yoda is he is that mentor character um and what i love about yoda so much that was so well flushed out by giving us the prequels and then you know um even giving us the brief appearance of him in last jedi you know yoda's deepest conviction is being faithful to the force um and being faithful to that will and he's he's humbled He's humble enough to learn to grow from his failures and his mistakes, Um, you know, and he's always willing to grow even in new ways into understanding the mystery of the force. Um, I love that Clone Wars episode where he's with Qui-Gon and, um, you know, and he goes to Dagobah and he's he's seeking to learn more about the nature of the force. Um, But this isn't a favorite moment. Sorry, but I'm like squeezing them in anyway. But in the novel of (laughs) the Revenge of the Sith novel, there's this great statement where when he's having that conversation with Yoda or excuse me, with Qui-Gon and Polis Masa. And again, that was cut from the film, unfortunately. But the last thing Qui-Gon says to him is basically like, you can learn this too. And then we're told in the book that Yoda bows his head 
uh, an apprentice in in the presence of his master or something along those lines. So like Yoda's willing to understand that he was wrong and is willing to grow beyond what he was wrong about. I like that's honestly like, yes, he's learning the lesson a little late, (laughs) um, but he accepts kind of that failure that he has in the prequels. And he's going to learn from Qui-Gon the truth of the Force is that it's ultimately balanced by love. you know, And that's what he's going to teach to Luke is that the Force is brought into balance through love. Nothing else. Um, you know, And that's the lesson that Yoda's going to pass on. So I love Yoda so much for that. Um, my favorite quote from Yoda, and kind of like you with Palpatine, it's, it's tough to pick one because there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, – the one that I've just always consistently gravitated to is uh, you must feel the force around you. The way Frank Oz acts that out through the puppet, the way he says the line, you must feel the force, right? The way he, he emphasizes the word feel. That's what it's all about, man. It's all about feeling it. It's about following your heart and your emotions. And that's where the force moves you. Um, and you got to trust in it. You got to trust that it's always there for you. You got to let it move in and move through you. You got to have a relationship with it. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so um, it's it's what gets me every time. Like, how do you be a how do you be a Jedi? How do you be a a person um, centered in the Force? You got to feel it. That's how. It's great. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, yeah. And my favorite moment that immediately follows that is him raising that X wing from the swamp. Uh, it's. It, you know, we did an episode a while back about our most magical moments in Star Wars, and this was my number one. And it probably always will be. Uh, there is just something so magical about that as you watch this little green, ma- this little green friend of ours raise this ship out of the swamp. Um, and why is he able to do it? Because he believes that he's able to do it. He believes in the power of the Force working through him. I love that so much um and honestly i'm slipping this in real quick because it's it's pretty much a tie with the moment is his final lesson to luke on octo um in last jedi it's so good he basically says it's all right that you failed just grow beyond it because you're more than that i love that so much that that line from last jedi uh thank you ryan johnson for giving us that i mean it is brilliant you're more than your failures it's okay that you failed just because you're more than it Go move beyond it. It's a very similar lesson to raising the X-Wing. He's trying to show Luke that there is something more, that you can believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. And Luke doesn't believe in himself by the time we get to Last Jedi. So Yoda reminds him how to by accepting the fact that you failed and being okay with it. Oh, so good. <laughs> so yeah. Yoda's my number two. Oh, it's so great. I'm glad I'm glad Yoda made it on, on your list because he didn't make it on mine. Um, I feel like I'm repeating myself, repeating myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, he is a fantastic character. And, you know, uh, it, all of what you said is, is, is very true for me as well. I, I love I love the mystical teacher, you know, air about him and the, the power that he has in the force and things like that. It's, it's just absolutely terrific. And I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're so, at number one, Carl. I feel like I know yours and I'm sure you know mine. <laughs> it's, I mean, we have podcasted for over eight and a half years. So, right. so I think that uh, we should introduce one another's number one. So I'll start with you. Okay. Friends of the lair. Whether you're a new listener or an old, I give to you my good friend Jason Hunt and his favorite character, R2D2. 
Thank you. Yes. Uh, this has not changed since I met you, Carl. This is <laughs> R2. R2 has been my favorite character from basically, you know, two minutes into watching Star Wars for the first time. Um, I, I, and I don't have any like super deep reasons, but as to why I love him. Um, but he's a, a spunky, you know, snarky sidekick who always saves everyone's bacon. You know, <laughs> I, and we love bacon. You want someone to say, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, bacon's delicious, especially Bantha bacon. Um, uh, <laughs> we do. um her do yeah, bacon gives it a run for its money though. Well, it's a little tougher. Yeah, um, that's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> a bit leathery. Yeah. Yes. Although that shack bacon, um, it's uh, never mind. We got to stop. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh man, I I love R two. Uh, I've always, in general, really liked sidekick characters, and so um, that's that's not a huge surprise that you know a little a snarky little droid, um, who I mean, frankly, looks like a trash can with legs um, and has is able to convey attitudes, emotions and everything through beeping and wiggling around is, I don't know. It was a stroke of genius to my imagination at the time. Um, I loved it so much. Uh, and I have never stopped loving R2. Uh, he is just a, a terrific character in my opinion. And, and someone who, waddled his way into my heart uh, <laughs> from the first scene he was on screen. You know, I, I don't, I, and I don't really have any deep reasons behind it. It's just, I love him. I love him. He's a, he's a great little character. And I always wanted to have, and I still do to this day. I always want to have a little R2D2 to just, you know, be my buddy, be my pal. And follow me around and keep me safe and, you know, that sort of thing. I might have him be my co-pilot or whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, having a little, you know, pet slash friend slash protector like R2 um, I think would be fantastic. So I've always just wanted an R2-D2. Um, it's very hard to pick a favorite line of R2 because there are so many. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it, because you can't really understand. You have to infer what he's saying through other characters. Um, so I picked two favorite moments nice. of R2s. Um, I've always liked any interaction R2 has with battle droids because he's supposed to be this astromech droid who's just supposed to be for maintenance and things like that. And yet he's always like taking on battle droids and getting into scrapes and taking down, you know, droids that should be able to just blow him up without a second's thought. And he just sort of goes, ha you thought, and, <laughs> and gets the drop on him. Um, I think it's great. I, you know, more prequel love coming out there. However, my other favorite moment right now um, of his, and my favorite R2 moments fluctuate with the wind. Um, but right now, my other favorite moment with him is when he shows Luke the hologram in The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, because yeah, he's a droid, but he knows what Luke needs and he's a friend of Luke's. And this is really when you begin to see, uh, maybe he's not, you know, just a bundle of code and 
tin plating, you know, there's something else inside R2, you know, and, you know, he's seen all of it. He knows all of it. And he knows in this instance what Luke needs. And, you know, it's that's really the turning point for Luke in The Last Jedi is when he starts to turn around after that. Um, and and I, it's such a, a wonderful, touching scene. And I wish there were more of those. Um, but that's the only one we get between R2 and Luke um, in the sequel trilogy. So, um, but yeah, I love it. I love it so much. R2 will for always and forever be my favorite character in Star Wars. Um, that being said, I need to turn around and introduce <laughs> Carl's favorite character in Star Wars. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Wampus Lair, fellow Larians, uh, podcasters alike, I give to you Carl LeClaire's favorite character in all of Star Wars, Han Solo. Huh? When you know it's coming and you've got the control, <laughs> you can put yeah, on your right? music. You are indeed right. It is uh, It is indeed our good friend, Mr. Han Solo. Gotta get that payoff. Sorry, I couldn't stop it before it. <laughs> um, yeah, nope, you're fine. I, I'm not saying no. <laughs> you know, in... It's so interesting, Jason, because uh, so much of what I love about Han, you know, Han, Han was always my favorite character as a kid, um, has always persisted as my favorite character. Uh, I didn't have a lot of deep reasons until Solo <laughs> came out. Um, you know, the thing I I always loved about Han Solo as a kid is I liked him because he's fiercely independent, right? Which I think there's something very attractive to, to a young person about that, right? You're beholden to your parents, your teachers, you know, all of that. So there's something really cool about this guy who gets to just fly around space with a cool ship and a best friend, you know? Um, I think that was very attractive to me. And and I still love those parts of Han. Um, But Solo just, and again, I made this kind of, I kind of made a point similar to this uh, at the top of last week's episode. But the thing that I've loved about some of these Disney films is they're really deepening my love of characters that I've known my entire fandom. Um, and this is most notably the case. It's it's really made me fall in love with Han even more through the movie Solo. Um, and the thing I love about Han so much is that I am Han in a lot of ways. Uh, in the way that I aspire to be Rey, I am also Han Solo. And what I mean by that is I'm, I am very imperfect. I'm very brash. I'm very hot-tempered. I'm very broken. But I'm also very confident. Um, and like that's who Han is. You know, He's a man who comes from a very rough home environment. And yet still dreams of being more than where he comes from. And what I love about Han is that he gets to fly among the stars and he comes to find his truest best self by encountering love in all of its forms. And I mean that literally uh, using the Greek words. He encounters Eros love in the person of Leia. He encounters Agape love in the person of Chewie. And he encounters Philia love in the person of Luke. Um, Han Solo is changed because of love. And he gets all of it, right? Um, so, uh, and that's how I feel in my own life. I, I keep encountering love in deeper and richer ways through the, the friends that I keep encountering in life. And it just makes me love and identify with Han more and more. Um, similar to you, though, with R2, I, I, I couldn't, well, 
not exactly the same R2 only beeps. Um, I don't actually have a favorite Han Solo quote, but I do have so many favorite moments. So I've got two favorite moments. Um, okay. My first moment comes from Empire Strikes Back, and it's when he's frozen in carbonite. Um, I love this moment so much because he is making sure that his family is safe in that moment. He entrusts Leia to Chewbacca, and also in a similar way, he's trusting Chewie to Leia. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's uh, in this terrible moment of tragedy, and it's a moment they can't control, right? Chewie tries to use all his strength, but it's it's useless. There's nothing he can do. This is going to happen. Um, and shockingly, as a Christian person who loves reading scripture, it makes me think of the story of – so I'm about to equate Han Solo to Jesus. Please don't get super offended. He is definitely not Jesus. But – in the Gospel of John, when, Je- when Jesus is dying on the cross and his mother's there with his best friend, um, he says, you know, mother, behold your child, child, behold your mother. He entrusts this family to its, it, you know, his, his friends, his community that he's built for himself, as well as his family. He makes sure that they're going to take care of each other. And that's exactly what Han's doing in this moment as he's about to go into carbonite. He's taking the person he loves and the person who's been his best friend his whole life, and he's going to make sure that they at least have each other, even if he's gone. Um and the look on Harrison Ford acts this, I think this is the probably the, in my opinion, the best acted Han Solo moment, especially from Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is as he's going down, he gives kind of that crooked smile, but there's also a look of fear on it. Um, and yet he's fully accepting his fate because he's, he was willing to follow love for the first time in his life. And he accepts the fate of that. He doesn't run away from it and it gets him frozen in carbonite. Um, so love that moment with Han. Um, and my other favorite moment is the shootout on Kessel. It's just awesome. <laughs> you know, it's, this is the reason yeah. I love Han Solo is because he's just cool. <laughs> From the moment, <laughs> he, the moment he catches yeah. that, that blaster that Lando tosses to him in such a cool way and choosing to go back to rescue Lando and then closing out with my favorite shot, favorite shot, Jason, in all of Star Wars is, is Han Solo backing up the ramp shooting as the camera follows him up. It's just so cool. Um, so that's by far my favorite moment of Han because it's just him being the cool, badass guy we all love. Um, and yet what makes him the coolest is the fact that he's willing to be compassionate and go go take care of others. Um, that's, the, that's the emotional weight of that scene is him going back for Lando. Um, and then everything else is just him being cool. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. yeah, love me, Mr. Solo. I, Sorry, huh, that that, that shot. No, that 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 shot um, that you're talking about. Uh, I always think of, you know, gosh, how close was that camera to him? Um, you know, the whole time. Like, I'm not the whole time, but like, as someone who wants to be, you know, an actor and all that stuff, I'm always like, gosh, how how close was that camera to him and all that? That must have been very interesting to film. It's a yeah. great shot. It's a fantastic shot and a fantastic yeah. scene. But I'm always like, man, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. basically looking up his nose um just kidding um but yeah no it, that's terrific and yeah no, no surprises uh for our number ones ladies and gentlemen absolutely none whatsoever um but it wouldn't be the wampus lair if there wasn't a little bit of on-brand oh, <laughs> stuff so absolutely um all right well i think i think we made it I think we did too. I think, I mean, we honestly, though, we could revisit this topic uh, in like two years and the list would probably be radically different except for a few at the top. Um, 
So yeah, absolutely. Th- that's my- just the way. Honestly, you know, finishing up my notes for for these characters for today, um, I was looking back over my list and going, huh. I might have changed this up again a little bit if I had made it today rather than, you know, two weeks ago when we first <laughs> started working yeah. on this. So, yeah. um, but, but I stuck with it because that's what I made when I put sure. the list together. So, well, I'll say this um, as, as I was putting my final notes together the other night for this too, I was like, wow, now we could just do top 10 moments for all these characters. <laughs> so basically the Wampus Lair can just become a top 10 episode about, you know, everything can be top 10. It's just different things in Star Wars we love. <laughs> There, there we go. I'm, I'm here for that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well then, hello there. I think we made it to the end. <laughs> I believe we have. Yes, the tr- the the arduous journey is complete. <laughs> <sighs> so, and as, made it. as always, you know, for all of you listening, uh, I I love when people send in just even your list of the characters you love the most. I mean, uh, Jeff Fishbach is always great about this. He, he immediately sent us his, his numbers 10 through six last week when, when we put up this episode and I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't share his top five with us this week. And I hope that he does. Um, but yeah. all of you, please, you know, put it on our social media, you know, share, share your comments on the social media or send us an email. Tell us, tell us, you know, maybe something about even a couple of the characters you love so much, why you like them so much. I, I, I love hearing that stuff. Um, it's, it's always wonderful yeah. to, to read about these characters that you enjoy so much in Star Wars. Indeed. Um, well, and a quick reminder again, folks, we're not doing a matchup. We, we, uh, or poll at the end of this episode, because we do have our, this is madness, uh, character tournament going on right now. Um, keep an eye on our Twitter for, the bracket and all the matchups that are coming, uh, releasing daily Monday through Friday. Um, right. We're not doing the weekends. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Monday through Friday. Um, uh, until we get down to the final, final duel or bracket, I should say. Yes. Um, when we get to at least the, the final four, I will, I don't care. I'll just, I'll put it on Facebook at least at that point. So I, I don't mind counting yeah. it up at that point, but this early on, it's just so much. And I also have to travel for work next week. So I really won't have the time. Um, I need, yeah. the, I need the polls to just give me the numbers. So, yeah. So, um, also speaking of, of Carl traveling next week, um, there will not be a new episode of the Wampus Lair next week. We'll be back in two weeks, uh, just because Carl will be busy and, uh, I, I'm actually, Carl is traveling just a couple yeah. hours up the highway from me. So I will not be recording next week because I'll be going up on my day off to visit Carl. So exciting. Uh, in, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see each other. We'll probably take some pictures and do a little something for the social media. So there will be some, some you know, Wampus Air, Carl and Jason comment content for you guys. But <laughs> no new episode next week. Um so, uh, but we'll be back the following week with some good stuff. We got some great ideas, and we're, we'll figure out what we're going to do next week. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Anything else, Carl? No, no, I, I'm already excited for when we get to record again, just because I love making this show. <laughs> it's a it's a fun thing. It's a real fun thing. All right. Well, I believe that will wrap up this episode you of the Wampus Air right? Podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> Yes. So I'm, I was just waiting for the music. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 372, Top 10 Characters Part 2. We made it, Carl. We, we made, made it through all of them. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. For Carl, who's not here, uh, for Carl and Katie, who's not here, I'm Jason. And we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>